Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. I want to remind everybody again, Friday, we will be in Bozeman for this very show at the uh, Universal Athletic there in Bozeman. Also, uh, uh, the uh, Montana Football Hall of Fame is there, and so we'll be broadcasting live from there. Got some up-top gear. Shout-out to the guys who are going to, uh, you know, helping us out with this thing. And, uh, they, you know, this is the beauty up-top. Doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. Doesn't matter which side of the divide you are rooting for. They got everything, okay? Including Pioneer, uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, Frontier. Frontier League stuff as well. So, uh, you know, every school, every college, this is Montana, baby. That's it. State of Montana. So up top clothing going to get you there uh, with all that. So we'll do that on uh, Friday. And also, if you're in western Montana in Missoula on Saturday, we got some special programming for you on Saturday morning from about 7 a.m. on till about 10 a.m. Uh, we are going to air some, uh, some, some, some of the best of the best of the interviews that we do this week, as well as Coulter and I doing some pregame analyses day of for you. So, uh, you know, make sure that you're tuned in for that as you're cruising around. Maybe you're getting up early to, to drive over to Bozeman. It'll be on the air just cruising around town. So we'll have that for you as well. So there you go. There's our show and really our week outlook. It's brought to us by Shine Auto Detailing. Go get your car detailed. It doesn't just get it clean. It gets it protected. Also get your headlamps in order for you as well for free with any detailing service shine auto detailing Coulter uh, again Greg Seitz going to join us here in uh, just about 10 minutes from now so let's talk about the playoffs and the seating again just so that everybody's clear on this I think we presume that most people most people listening to us know this but just so we're clear 24 teams go to the playoffs in the FCS Eight of those get a seed, and by a seed, you, it just means a buy. Okay, the top eight teams, as the, the selected by the committee, get the first week off, and then the other sixteen teams 
play each other in uh, uh, in the first round of the playoffs, eight games. The second round of the playoffs, because there's a bye, also has eight games and there's 16 teams remaining, and the winner of that is into the quarterfinals, and so on down the line you go, headed for Frisco, Texas, uh, and the national championship football game. So that's the way it starts, and it starts immediately. The first round of the playoffs is uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, two days after Thanksgiving, and uh, and and so on from there. Right now, the top eight seeds. Again, this is within the uh, uh, well. These there's some projected seeds, I guess, is what they have. These are projections. These are not the stats. FCS top eight, uh, but right now. And North Dakota State, James Madison, Montana, Weber State, Illinois State, Sac State, South Dakota State, and Wofford are the top eight projected seeds as we've sort of found them out there. Montana State is the only unseeded team that's projected to uh, uh, make the field but not get a bye as of right now. But we know everything just hinges on what happens on Saturday. I mean, if Montana State beats Montana on Saturday, they will be getting a bye in the first round of the playoffs. I think I mean, we can confirm that with with uh, Greg Seitz when he comes on, but that seems you know just fate accompli at that point. What I'm interested in, Coulter, is for it looks like four Big Sky teams are going to get in. Is there any chance that either North Dakota or Eastern makes the field? Actually, makes it? Sure. I mean, I think if if Eastern Washington ties for the Big Sky title. They'll at least have a little bit of an argument, but they'll be seven and five, and I don't think they've played a tough enough schedule. <clears throat> they would have beat Jacksonville State in the non-conference, perhaps. The other thing is they played a D two. Montana State did not play a Division two school, and North Dakota did not play a Division two school. Those are the three teams that I think that like there's basically there's 14 playoff eligible teams in the Big Sky because I'm counting North Dakota as a Big Sky team, mm-hmm. and. I think there's six that remain alive. Sac State, Weber State, and Montana, who've all punched their ticket, win or lose this week. Although I do still feel that Sac, because of their lack of consistent national reputation, even though they are number four in the country, if they were to lose to UC Davis, they might fall out of that seed. I think they'd probably have to play in the first round, and that would be bad for them because I also think they'd probably have to go on the road in the first round, which would not be good considering the season that they've had. I think Weber State is getting a seed. I, I think Weber State is almost inevitable. They're going to beat Idaho State. If they were to lose to Idaho State, they'd probably lose a seed too, ha- having lost two in a row, including to a terrible Idaho State team. But they're probably going to win, so I think they have a seed sewed up. But they're in the playoffs either way. Montana, if they were to lose, they might fall out, just depending on what everybody else did. They might be like that ninth or 10th team, which would basically have a first-round game and then get to go play, say, the eight seed. On the road, that would be interesting because they would probably be actually be favored in that game, and then they might be right. able to basically, without the bracket reseeding, reseed it. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they would just steal the eight from that person, but then also likely be favored over either the eight or the th- whoever right. they played until they got to the the quarters or the semis. But Montana State, if they lose on Saturday, North Dakota beats Southern Utah on Saturday. I, still, I think the Cats are in still, but I, I don't know. I, I think that there would be a real argument there just because North Dakota won the head-to-head. But North Dakota also did not play an FBS, but neither team played a D2, and North Dakota's a game short, so that means they're going to be a loss. They'll be even in the loss column and a, a, a win short, and then basically it just comes down to what is the quality wins. I also think, though, we were talking about this on FCS Speculators, which you can check out a little later on once we get that all produced up for everybody. 
But ironically, Montana State winning would fortify North Dakota's resume, but also probably put them outside the bubble simultaneously. Do you know what I mean? If the Cats beat the Grizz, then all of a sudden the Cats are a nine-win team, and now all of a sudden North Dakota's win over the Cats is a better win, and it fortifies their resume, but it also likely steals that fourth and final playoff spot from the big sky that North Dakota's chasing. No, I, see, now, I, I, don't, I don't see that. Montana State is in. They're, they're, they are in the playoffs. And, and so, like, the, the, if there's only four, four selections made, that's it. That's all. That, so it doesn't matter that North Dakota has no chance of getting in. Well, unless they get, unless there's a quote unquote fifth team. And again, the, you look at them as a big sky team, reasonably so. I do too, basically. But I don't know that the committee does. You know, they're an FCS independent, that's what they are. So I don't think, you know, in that sense, I think it actually helps them because it doesn't look like, oh, well, is this the fifth team of the Big Sky Conference to go? Yeah, but that doesn't help them because they have nobody to lobby for them. I mean, they have have no one that's pushing the narrative. That's fine, but let me just say this. There is no way, there is no way that North Dakota is higher than Montana State at the end of all this. If Montana State loses to the Grizzlies on Saturday, well, why not? Just because Montana State's been ranked higher all year because they have more national repute. What I, I mean, I agree with what you're saying, and I am playing devil's advocate to a certain extent. But North Dakota has better wins than Montana State. They beat Montana State. They beat Montana State. That's they true. beat Sam Houston State, who's better than anybody Montana State's played this year, save maybe Southeast Missouri State. And again, this comes down to the argument too of I like judging wins based on what the team was when you beat them. Because Sam Houston has faded from the pack, and they're not going to make the playoffs. And they're going to finish 6-6 six and six at best if they win their rivalry game this weekend. But Central Arkansas is really good. Do they play Central Arkansas? Regardless, they, they, Sam, Sam Houston is, is out of the playoffs. It doesn't mean it wasn't a good win when you beat a number 21-ranked team in the country in Grand Forks in the third game of the year. It's a good win for North Dakota. And Southeast Missouri State has... Surge since they lost to Montana State, but I don't necessarily know if they're better than Sam Houston. That's where this thing gets so convoluted. That's why this FCS playoff selection committee has such a tough job. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I would like to, I, I guess what I'm saying is I agree with you that Montana State is in no matter what. Mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily know if I agree with that. Well, I mean, you, if, you're, if you're just talking about the argument between North Dakota and Montana State, assuming, if you're making the assumption that. Montana State loses and North Dakota wins. Otherwise, though, I mean, if Montana State wins, they're absolutely deserving. It just, it's just, Montana State's resume is devoid of that the signature win. Quality win. I mean, UC Davis should have been a signature win, but the Bobcats just got unlucky by the fact that UC Davis has struggled this year as well. But again, all that stuff, what you are ultimately to me criticizing here is the unbalanced schedule. Exactly. And, and, and that's fine. Montana State can't control whether or not UC Davis in the second to last week of the season is a, is a, a really good win or just a good win or maybe a bad win in, in other years. It's certainly not a bad win this year. It's a good win. It's just not a great win. It's not a win over a ranked team or something like that. So they go on the road and get it done on senior day in Davis, California, which they did do. And they only also have, honestly, one bad loss and. If North Dakota's resume is... What's Montana State's bad loss? Are you calling North Dakota? North Dakota. It's not a bad loss, though. But that's what I'm saying. I I am criticizing the unbalanced schedule. 
because here's where I'm at. I think I think based on talent and national reputation, Montana State is ranked adequately and properly right mm-hmm. now. I also think on just just straight up based on resume. I don't know how you can say Montana State's better than North Dakota. But the other thing they're more talented is but the resume is better for North They're Dakota. not eight and three. They're eight and two. And the Texas Tech win is literally thrown out. It's in fact not accepted as a result at the FCS level when you're talking about the playoff stuff. They lost to Sacramento State, who is in line to be or to be uh, one of the Big Sky Conference champions and has been stemmed to stern the best team in the Big Sky Conference this season. And and a loss to a good North Dakota State or a North Dakota team on the road. Which again was was a questionable loss nonetheless at the time that it happened. But that's it. Now the rest of the schedule, it is what it is, and they've won them all. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We go now to the Rangus Brothers RV phone line. Hopefully, we got somebody here who can sort this out for, <laughs> us for crying out loud. We welcome in Greg Seitz. He's the athletic director at Jacksonville State. He is also the commissioner of the FCS Playoff Selection Committee. Greg, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate you taking the time. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys today? We're, we're doing great. Uh, we appreciate you being on with us very much. We're also very confused. And so uh, we hope that you can help us out a little bit with this. Look, when it comes to putting to to putting these this playoff bracket together at the FCS level, level and the seeds and everything that goes into it, what is what is the number one thing that the committee looks at when it comes down to ranking these teams and seeding them? You know, I'm not sure if there is one thing that we look at, just just to kind of give you an idea how this committee operates, uh, you know, the process is very subjective. I mean, the committee has 10 different people on there. Uh, all of them are athletic directors of the uh, automatic qualifying conferences. And so each, each one of us, we feel like is an expert in college football, and that's why we're on the committee. We watch the games. We evaluate the data and statistics. And at the end, each expert, we use – you know, our judgment to rank the teams based on who, who each individual think is the best. So, you know, when we get in that room, you know, we, we push each other, we challenge each other. You know, we want to be certain that we have it right at the end of the day. So, you know, we go back and forth and, and you know, we, we debate and, and talk about teams and look at the resumes and results and the SRS and the, you know, just a lot of data that we're, we have access to. 
Greg, hey, Coulter Nuwana is here. Thanks so much for being with us. Explain to our listeners the way that regional, the, the, where teams are located geographically influences the way that you guys create the playoff bracket. Yeah, so so what we end up doing is, you know, it's a 24-team bracket. So we seed one through eight, regardless of what region, what part of the country. It doesn't matter what conference you come through. We want to seed the top eight teams in the country. So once we have the top eight, eight teams, we throw that into the 24-team bracket, and those teams receive a bye to the second round. Then what we do to build the bracket off of that is we determine – uh, the next the next teams, um, you know, they're not ranked or anything. Now we just, once we determine who the next uh, teams are, we do base that on geography, and that's why you see a lot of times, you know, you'll see the regional part in those first-round games. So uh, we try to, if you're within 400 miles, you're going to bus. If you're outside of that, you're going to take a flight. But uh, that doesn't, that's not impacted to those top eight seeds. So that's why... You know, I know Montana, Montana State has a big game this weekend. That's why those teams want one of those top eight uh, spots. So they'll be at home, and, you know, and, and the bracket is built off of that. You mentioned busing or flying. I think that's another thing that maybe gets lost on uh, the fans is just the fact that now that this is an NCAA-regulated and sanctioned tournament, the NCAA is paying for the travel. So the saving money traveling-wise is advantageous to everybody involved. But budget-wise... How do you guys go about that element of things? How important is it to make sure that you know the NCAA is saving money and that there is a, an ability for, like you said, regional matchups, getting teams close together? How does the budget element of this whole process work? Yeah, so you know each school that wants to host, a, you know every school puts a bid in to host, and uh, once we build the bracket, we don't even look at the bids uh, until we have the bracket set. Then we look and, and let's just. Say, for example, let's say that it's Montana and Montana State since they're playing this week. So then we're going to look at the bid process on that, and each team submits bids that they've been working on for the last three or four weeks. And then, um, you know, that would be one of the factors. There's also other factors, you know, quality of facility, and if you've hosted in the past, um, and, you know, the revenue potential, obviously, your attendance history, your geographical location, uh, you know, all those things are taken into account. But you know, it's it's not all about saving money. It's also from a regional aspect. It allows your fans right to travel if it's you know if it's in a geographical location that both schools can get to. So that that's another factor because you know we're going to be playing that first week and with Thanksgiving week come up. It's you know it's very hard to you know if you're having to fly across country to get you know allow fans the opportunity to go across and, and the families there. So that's another reason that we like to do the geographical um, matchups. Greg Seitz joining us. He's the athletic director at Jacksonville State. He's also the commissioner of the FCS Playoff Selection Committee. And around here, obviously, the uh, Cacris football game is is a big, big deal. And it's also uh, this year having pretty significant national ramifications as well. When you look at a game like that, do you have a preconceived notion of, well, if if you know, Montana wins the game, here's what happens, and here's the fallout of that. And if Montana State wins the game, here's what happens, and here's the fallout of that. You know, for the last four weeks, we've actually been we've been evaluating teams each week. So we have what we call a regional advisory committee. So out west, it includes the Southland Conference and the Big West Conference. And then, of course, North Dakota is an independent. So that's the makeup of the west, what we call RAC, which is Regional Advisory Committee. 
And so we, we've had, for the last five weeks, we've had calls every Monday, Tuesday, and we're evaluating teams within uh, each rack. And there's four of them across the country, but specifically out in the West. So, so the, um, there's athletic directors that are ranking those teams, and then that's provided to the national committee every Tuesday. And so we go through from a national standpoint. So, so we're certainly well aware of, of Montana and Montana State and uh, you know, I think they were both ranked in our initial top 10, if I'm not mistaken, that we released publicly. So uh, we're certainly aware of both of those teams. And, uh, you know, we're not going to project who's going to win that. That's going to be decided on the field. But it's no doubt that uh, the winner will, you know, have an advantage when it comes to seeding, you would think, just because head-to-head is one of our criteria. Most years in the FCS, it's an 11-game schedule. But every five years, whenever there's the late Thanksgiving a twelfth game is allowed to be played by FCS schools. The fact that it, it sort of it sort of changes what we think of as baseline. Uh, usually, the the magic number is seven. Although there's been six win teams that have gotten in the bracket, maybe one or two uh, since the bracket expanded recently. But mostly seven Division One wins has been the baseline. But with an extra game, it seems like eight is the baseline. But we were just arguing right before you came on the show, Greg, about a couple teams, Eastern Washington, North Dakota, namely that if they were to win this weekend, would be seven-win teams. And it's interesting because, first of all, one, Eastern Washington would be a 7-5 and five team, but North Dakota would be a 7-4 and four team because they actually didn't play the 12 games. So just overall, how do you think the 12-game schedule impacts uh, just the way that you guys analyze these things? And does it give a new magic number, so to speak, for teams to attain in terms of fortifying their resume? Well, there's no doubt that it does give an extra opportunity, right? So, you know, each school, you know, there's parts of the schedule they can control and they can't control, right? They can't control their conference schedule. And I know in the, in the big sky, you know, it's an unbalanced schedule and it, you know, and, it, and sometimes, you know, all the, you don't play everybody. So it may be a year uh, that Eastern Washington is really good and Montana's really good, but just because of the way the schedule falls out, they don't play. So the part of the schedule that the teams do control is that out of conference schedule. And this year, uh, with the 12-game schedule, you know, it allowed FCS schools an opportunity to go ahead and schedule another good out-of-conference game. And, uh, you know, being the athletic director of Jacksonville State, I'm very familiar with Eastern Washington because we played them this year. Right. So they actually came to Jacksonville, and, you know, that's a game that normally we probably wouldn't get to play, but because it was a 12-game schedule, it allowed, uh, you know, a lot of teams to, to get that extra game. Now, some schools choose to play an extra FBS game or an extra money game, uh, you know, and then, you know, that that's certainly taken into account. But I think you guys, you know, probably talked about it. There was only three FCS wins over FBS schools this year. So, you know, that's the lowest number since 2008. Uh, but I think just having the opportunity to play another FCS opponent, the, the committee will certainly look at that and see how they fared in those games. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. 
The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. Greg, you know, at the FBS level, of course, they release the standings publicly that the committee has every week from the time they start doing it. You, you, the FCS level, the committee releases it once publicly and then again at the end. Is there what, What's the rationale for that, and is there a, a scenario you think in the future where it might be a weekly thing where people would be able to see? Because there is, uh, I think, a pretty significant difference from you know what a stats poll or a hero poll might show compared to what the actual committee is coming up with. Yeah, you know, and uh, just so you know, just just the criteria that, uh, you know, that the committee uses as we're looking at and selecting teams um, is, you know, we look we look at the win-loss record, we look at the strength of schedule, uh, the eligibility and availability of student-athletes, uh, you know, we also look at comparative data of individual teams, including the overall record, the uh, records against each other, head-to-head, common opponents, and then we do use the LCS coaches poll. And also the SRS system, which will be released uh, a little later on Sunday afternoon after selection. So the data that we receive, uh, you know, allows each individual to go in and, and rank those teams. And, um, you know, we released that uh, top 10 about three weeks out just to, just to let the public know and the FCS community know, hey, this is, this is where the committee is at this point in time. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of football to be played from the moment that we released. I think we released it this year on November the 5th, all the way up through Selection Sunday. So that's just a snapshot and point in time at that date of November the 5th of, hey, if, if we released it today and announced it, here's our top 10 teams. What's the process going to be like on Sunday uh, when you guys are putting this whole thing together? How hectic, Saturday night, Saturday right, all night, the way Sunday. How hectic is it? Do you have any early indications? I mean, do you, I'm sure that there's some teams that are probably solidified seeds, you know, like North Dakota State, James Madison. I know that, that that could be in flux if they were to somehow get upset on the last Saturday of the season, but what what's the actual physical process of putting this thing together going to be like for you and the committee, Greg? Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's it's really, it's, it's just an exciting day. I mean, we'll get in the committee room in Indianapolis around 2 o'clock, and we'll begin watching football games, and that's Eastern time. So we're there from 2 o'clock, and this is my fourth year on the committee, and we've been in that room as late as 2.30 to 3 a.m., just finalizing that bracket. You know, it, honestly, the you know, the top, the top 10, 10, 12 teams, those are the easy ones, right? You know they're getting in. You know, North Dakota State, James Madison, uh, you know, this year, Montana, Montana State. You know those teams are going to get in. It's it's the ones that, as we discussed a little earlier today, it's those, okay, uh, you know, seven and five teams and eight and four teams. And so as we spend time, I mean, we'll go around the room. Those last two or three in, uh, you know, those are the teams that we're going to spend literally two or three hours just discussing, hey, how do we get those last two in? And you got the – first four out and, you know, the last four in. Those are the teams that we spend the majority of our time on. Well, I'll tell you what, Greg, it's it's a fun time of year, certainly, and we appreciate your time, and we'll look forward to uh, what the committee comes up with at about uh, 4 a.m. Sunday morning, okay, and uh, sends that out to all of us. We certainly appreciate you being with us, and, uh, and good luck on what I know is a hectic week. We appreciate you taking the time. 
Yeah, thanks so much. So what's the weather going to be for the game Saturday? 42, sunny, just about right. About fi- oh, about perfect. 50 degrees hotter than it normally yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember we were in the committee room last year, you know, watching that game. And, of course, we knew in the room the winner was more likely getting in. And, uh, you know, Montana jumped out to the lead and Montana State came back and ended up winning. But I remember, yeah, there was snow coming down and all. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm in Alabama, and it is 73 degrees today, and, you know, I'm not sure I want to come out to Montana in December and play. I'm not sure our guys would enjoy that. <laughs> well, it has happened. There is precedence. I mean, there have been some southern schools that have played some pretty cold-weather games and actually figured it out in Montana a time or two. But, yeah, I mean, it is, you got to, plenty of soup and hot chocolate, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I bet there's not many teams that figure it out when they come out. I tell you, that atmosphere, both places, is just incredible, and I know that, uh, you know, both teams. I know Saturday's game is, is going to be a very exciting game for both fan bases. Well, no doubt, and we certainly look forward to it. Well, Greg, appreciate the time very much, and uh, we'll see if we can maybe catch up again down the line, maybe after the rankings are out, and see uh, what, what actually transpires, okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Look forward to it. Thanks so much. Greg Seitz joining us. He's the, again, Jacksonville State Athletic Director who uh, moonlights as the commissioner of the selection committee for the FCS uh, football playoffs. So it's uh, great to have him on. appreciate that very much. And, yeah, I mean, you know, he kind of elucidates it a little bit. And like he says, I mean, look, man, there's, there's 15 teams right now, I can tell you, are in the playoffs. And it's the last eight or whatever that you really try and figure it out. But also, it is interesting, Coulter. Everybody goes, well, if you get a seed, you get a buy. That's the big deal. Well, that is a big deal. But it's also everything else. The, the entire bracket, the, the seeds get everything. They get the home game. They don't worry about travel uh, in terms of geography or whatever. Whereas if you don't get a seed... You could be on the short end of a stick. That's why we've seen, look, we've seen some teams that were clearly better teams and probably even higher ranked teams have to go on the road and play in tough places and lose in the first round because they didn't have either, you know, the finances or they just happened to be in a city that was too close to another city. And that's where you end up going. And you leave a lot to chance. I mean, I say you, it's not anybody's choice other than the committees. I understand. But if you're not in those top eight, uh, that's the only certainty are those top eight seeds there we're playing at home and it's a buy now montana montana state have the advantage where if they're playing in the first round of the playoffs it's going to be a home game for them i mean it just it just is the finances dictate that that's the case and so on but you know a team like southern utah won the big sky conference had to go on the road in the first round of the playoff you know it's crazy it's not crazy but that's that's what it is so that seed huge huge deal Stu tell nuanas 102.9 espn radio hey why don't you give us a call? 329-1899. The phone number, 329-1899. Wing it Wednesday. We got some trivia questions for you. We'll send you over to the Desperado Sports Tavern for the best wings in the city of Missoula. Three questions. You get them right, you got yourself some wings. We'll do it right after this. 329-1899. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. 
At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. As uh, we roll downhill here in hour number one, we want to talk about the brawl this weekend, the Grizz, the Cat Grizz football game uh, on Saturday, and talk about who is the most important player for each team in this weekend. And, of course, there's a bunch of different am- answers, and I think it's worth pointing out that the best player and the most important player are two different questions, and certainly that could be the case, that, that the person, and by the way, who is the best player on each team, obviously no sure thing necessarily either. But when you talk about who's the most important player on a particular football team, uh, in a particular game, I think it can change week to week, and in this one, I think it's a very, very open conversation. When you talk about Montana State, I mean, obviously Troy Anderson is always going to be one of, if not the best player on the team, and also a very important player. I think what's as important as anything when you talk about Troy Anderson is his health. I mean, again, if you watch the UC Davis game, he went down in the first half clearly uh, in great pain in his shoulder, and he's got the brace that he's got on that thing anyway. We don't know exactly what happened, but certainly compromised in that respect. Then you talk about Tucker Rovig at quarterback. I mean, is he the best player? No. Is he going to be a huge, huge, hugely important factor into what goes on on uh, on Saturday? Of course he will be. I think that might be a really good answer. Travis Johnson, Isaiah Ifonse, all valid. You also include guys like Bryce Dirk, or who's going to come along and make a, a big play in that secondary, maybe Braden Conkle, something like that. So, Coulter, when we talk about Montana State and who's the most important player for each team, or you know who I think is really the most important player for Montana State? I think it's Tucker Rovick. Mm, interesting. Because Tucker, all the other guys, I think you know what you're going to get out of them. If Tucker Rovig comes out and plays a great football game, Montana State is going to be in a great position to win. If he comes out and gets lambasted, which Montana has been trying to do to every quarterback Not that they've tried, played, succeeded. succeeded. Yeah, you're right. It, it's going to be, they will not be able to use him anymore. I mean, they just won't be able. They they they, they will not. They, it will become utterly one dimensional. Which, by the way, I don't think is a bad thing necessarily for Montana State. The key for Tucker Rovig is: is he going to make errors that lead to uh, uh, obviously turnovers in the form of interception or strip sacks and things like that? But also, <clears throat> if you got a wide open guy out in the flat that's going to get you a four yard gain, you have to make that play. Have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. Because if it's all of a sudden now second and ten or third and seven when it should have been second and five or third and two, it's the world of difference. Totally. I, I agree with the sentiment. I also think that because of this game, because of the magnitude of the matchup, but also combined with the fact that, I mean, let's be honest, Montana State's playing with house money in this game. They're at home, they're on a three-game winning streak, and they've already made the playoffs. They don't have to win to get in. They don't have to win to deny the Grizz a playoff berth. Neither of those things are But do you think there is the such a thing as house money in this game? Because I don't. Man. I, I, 
what I'm getting at. I mean, I understand what you're saying. What, it's all what, true. What I'm getting at is but, that that Montana is Montana State is not going to let Tucker Rovick lose this game for them. If it comes down to it, they'll put Trey Anderson at quarterback. They'll put Travis Johnson at quarterback. They'll put every dude at quarterback. If Trump, if Tucker Rovick is clearly melting down, it ain't happening. The other thing is, I think that the way that you negate what Montana does on defense is the quarterback run game which is why Montana State has won this game three years in a row. And I still think that's a vulnerability, even though the scheme under Kent Bear is much different than it was under Jason Seymour. It has similar principles in, in terms of negative plays, heating you up. It's just not nearly as vulnerable. And also, I just think the, ta- the safeties are just better tacklers. But I think the most important player in this game is Travis Johnson because I think that Travis Johnson is at his best, one of, if not the most, electric athletes in the league. I mean, last week against UC Davis... He was playing Wildcat quarterback. He mishandled the snap. He screwed up the play fake. He ran the wrong direction, and he cut up field and scored a 75-yard touchdown, and he looked like an Olympic sprinter. He was, I mean, he, the guy is a freak athlete. He's, he, I mean, it's why he was one of the top recruits in the nation coming out of high school. If not for Troy Anderson, everyone would talk about Travis Johnson all the time. Because Troy Anderson straight up told me that the, I was like, Troy, I know you're a humble guy, but you know how athletic you are. And he kind of just like smirked. And I was like, but who's the best athlete in the Big Sky Conference? And he goes, it's Travis Johnson. It's not even close. He said the first time that I ever saw Travis Johnson, he's like, I didn't realize that he played for us. I, he's like, I thought he played for fish. He said, because the first time, he said, because the first, <laughs> playing basketball. He said, cause the first yeah. time I ever saw him was in an open gym playing basketball. And this guy's like 360 dunking. He's like, sweet, man. Cat's got a new player. <laughs> And in reality, it was the new do-everything guy. And the thing yeah. about Travis Johnson is there's very few players you could find in college. I mean, Troy Anderson, a touchdown on a tackle for loss every week for a month, that's an insane stat. But also, you'd be hard-pressed to find a dude who's got 500 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving in the same year who's not a running back, who's a receiver. Yeah. no, it's And, it's, and who has doesn't really have anybody to throw him the ball, yet he still makes it happen. I mean, he, he gets a big chunk play or two. And last year, you know, Troy Anderson deserves a ton of credit. All the defensive players on Montana State deserve a ton of credit. But it was Travis Johnson that sparked that win. He caught 11 passes in the second yeah. half for a team that couldn't throw the ball. His deep shot over the top to set up Troy Anderson's first touchdown, that was the first hit to the dam. And then when the dam broke... I mean, it was Travis Johnson that was moving the sticks. It was Travis Johnson that was getting the big plays over yeah. the middle. He, he's just, he, they're going to need him because they need him to loosen up everything that's in the middle. Dante Olsen is going to wreak havoc. He's just going to. It's the perfect matchup for him. A team that loves to run the ball early and often, he's saying, licking his lips, let's go. I'll get 20 tackles if you want me to. But making a little money behind Dante Olsen or on the perimeter, that's going to be the key for Montana State. That's why Travis Johnson is such a key. We're going to continue this conversation at the end of the show and talk about Montana uh, and who the most important player is for them. I don't think it's in doubt who the most important player is for the Grizzlies in this football game, but uh, we will we will have that conversation nonetheless. Uh, there's a bunch of guys who it's going to be important to. And also, especially for Montana State, man, it's so much about health. If Isaiah Fonse is good to go, it's huge. If Troy Anderson is 85% compared to 55%, it's a major, major difference. You know, and 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 also if he can even play quarterback in that way repeatedly on 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 Saturday, if he's physically capable, we'll find out. Talk more about who is the most impactful player for both these teams in the next hour. But next, we got to do a wing it Wednesday, and then the big human, Mike Kramer, subject of ESPN roundtable. All of it coming at you in hour number two. It's two tail and one is three two nine one eight nine nine. Call right now. We'll do a wing it Wednesday. Three two nine one eight nine nine. The phone number and uh, Coulter has three. 
cat grizz questions for you coming at you. You go cat get, theme. Cat theme. Okay. Cat theme. Good. Head over to the Desperado Sports Tavern with some wings right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 